WHHHFM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, June 27th, 2021. I'm Cameron Riddle coming to you live from the Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC Studios in downtown Indianapolis on the last Sunday of the month. Y'all know what that means, right? 2021 is half way over. On the show this morning, we're going to talk a bit about what the first half of 2021 has seen when it comes to crime. If you'll remember last week, I asked you, if you had the chance to talk to the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, here in Marion County, what would you ask him? At the time, we were well over 100 homicides. I believe now we are over 117 homicides in Indianapolis, Marion County. And I'll just tell you, uh, the prosecutor is supposed to be on the show here this morning, uh, but, but so far, we have not been able to get in touch with him. So if the prosecutor calls, we will awkwardly uh, bring him on the air because I have to answer the phone. I don't have a screener like you may be used to on, uh, say, Tina's show uh, down the hallway. So it'll be me. It'll be an awkward, hi, prosecutor, you're live on the air. Uh, so prosecutor Ryan Mears is expected to be on the show here uh, this morning to talk about what has been Gun Violence Awareness Month. And as you all know, the prosecutor is somebody that a lot of people have no shortage of things to say about. Among them, many of you are callers uh, and people like FOP President Rick Snyder, who says he's way too soft on crime, who has created a revolving door of criminals uh, who go in the jail in the morning and come back out at night. Uh, All of that is some of the things that is part of the discussion with Indy's crime problem. If you ask some, they say, well, that's part of the violence issue is that the people who are accused of committing committing a crime uh, on uh, Friday morning are back on the streets by Friday afternoon. So when the prosecutor does arrive, and if he does, I'm watching for the little green light here to pop up on the board. That means the phone is ringing. Um, so until then, we will just we'll, we'll talk about him and hopefully he arrives here and talk about the crime situation because I know that it is a hot topic. And I know because just last week when I said, um, hey, if you could interview the prosecutor, if you had questions for him, what were some of the things that you would ask him? So I'm going to open the phone lines right now and we'll just kind of do an open lines Sunday as I typically like to do on the last Sunday of the month. Um And just have a conversation. We'll first start it with the crime issue. Call me, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air. And you can also send me a tweet at at Open Line Show if you cannot get in. But I just want to know, what are your solutions? This is is a a topic we talk about frequently, unfortunately, because we keep having to, because there's been no uh, shortage of crime that is happening in Indianapolis or in Marion County. So um, I want you to call me at 317-239-9696 and tell me, uh, get your questions in for the prosecutor and and ask, how do we reduce gun violence? It is Gun Violence Awareness Month, and that is his initiative. Uh, He wants to talk to folks about how it is we can live peacefully in Indianapolis, particularly for young folks who he says need to think twice about, uh, you know, pulling a gun and solving that, using that as a way to, I guess, what they think would be solving a problem. And we know it's not. It just creates more problems. And I don't know how much you guys have seen, but I was watching ABC World News, I think it was last weekend, um, and they had a report about how the violence across the nation has just skyrocketed most of it caught on camera in broad daylight you had you had the couple in chicago get shot uh the the man died right there in the street there was a video of of someone in new york getting shot 
um, right there under a camera with two kids surrounding him. Uh, there was another biker in New York City. He was riding his bike. A guy comes along the side of him on another bike and stabs him. All of these things happening across the country. It's not just Indianapolis. It's not just Chicago. It's not just New York. Uh, and that's why you, you've you heard President Biden uh, come out and speak uh, just this week about um, some tactics um, that they are allowing local cities and police departments to use to tackle the gun violence problem. Among them is using some of the money that they uh, cities received from COVID, uh, from COVID-19, from the federal dollars, to use that for crime prevention. That's something Indianapolis is already doing. Uh, but what else could we do? While we wait for Prosecutor uh, Ryan Mears to uh, come on the show, who is scheduled to be on the show today, but right now is not on. Um, so while we wait for him, let's talk to you. I'm going to go to the phones, 317-239-9696. It is an open lines Sunday on this June 27th. Uh, let's start with the calls on line two. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? This uh, Larry Vaughn, please. Good morning. You know what needs to happen is talk to we me. need to stop all the, all the federal money. More money you get, more crime you get, because we're using it to uh, close up deficits. Uh, Mayor Hawk is using it at all the uh, agencies and offices. Even the prosecutor's office is using it when they have their advertisement programs. Mm -hmm. What Rick Mears needs to do, he needs to prosecute uh, Alicia Johnson, the superintendent over there at IPS, for uh, promoting uh, charter schools and innovation schools within the uh, IPS administration building. When she does that, she is breaking the law because she's not supposed to promote or be involved in any such activities. So Rick Mayor, uh, Mr. Mayors knows that, that he won't do it, and uh, uh, no other prosecutor has done it. But that's misappropriation of funds. And if you read the statutes connected with the district and common school district, they're not allowed to do that. And... Uh, I think as long as we do this and long as we create these uh, charter and innovation schools, which are nothing but parasites and plagues on our community and human trafficking, then we're going to get the results we're getting because all the crime that's being permitted, 90% of it's being permitted by uh, these children who have went to charter and uh, innovation schools and have been given the boot, most of them all dope. They get on. Uh, uh, well, methods. Larry, all right. Uh, I don't. They are, I, hey, they are. You look into the statistics, Gamble. We got to talk about this. I mean, these kids are on disability. They get their checks. They buy them some dope. They get them a gun, and they're out there in the street. So uh, that's what's really happening. All and right. you know, most of them, when they get on dope, that effectively uh, castrates them. So you got all that violence being turned out on the street. Nobody wants to talk about it. Rick needs to prosecute. Alicia Johnson for misappropriating common school funds. All right, that's what he needs to do. All right, thank you, sir. I'm not 100 percent sure that that's a crime. I get people don't like it, but I don't think uh, that is a crime uh, that Ryan Mears needs to uh, be concerned about at this time. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. That's uh, Larry taking us on the Larry trip. Um, but the question this morning is, how do we stop the violent crime? How do we stop these murders, these 120-something murders that we're now approaching? It's the question I'm asking you, 317-239-9696. Call me, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear. Okay. Cameron, just wanted to wish you a good morning, good Thank Sunday you. morning. This is Guy. Good morning. Uh while we're waiting for uh, the Marion County prosecutor, I think it's uh, good that I'll look at the big picture mm -hmm. in terms of what's, what's happening. Uh, your first caller, Larry, always has uh, some interesting uh, viewpoints yes, in terms of trying to move uh, what he thinks is the right thing to do. But I think we need to look at the big picture. We look, We need to look at what's happening in the world, you know, not just here in Indianapolis, I think uh, when you see what's happening in other countries in terms of the uh, pandemic, in terms of the violence, you look at what's happening uh, in the United States, what's happening in South America, uh, what's causing all of this? What what does this mean? Is this a new thing coming? You know, um, 
a lot of things have been prophesized in some of the great literature of the world. Mm -hmm. But uh, is this something that is prophesied in terms of what's happening, in terms of the violence, in terms of the uh, drug abuse, in terms of the uh, uh, domestic violence? Uh, I think what uh, is happening in terms of Indianapolis, specifically with the Marion County prosecutor, I think we have to give him some props because he's taking it to a new uh a new direction mm -hmm. you know and uh from what I've seen anyway in terms of uh his various uh media projections it seems like uh when you look at things like rehabilitation which is supposed to be what uh the correctional system is all about anyway it seems like maybe we're getting to what it should be. What do you think? Um, you know, the prosecutor is has done some different things. Uh, you know, it, j just this week he he announced some changes on 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 some pros prosecution issues. Uh, but some people are already saying that that they're not working because the the crime is is has already gone so high and it's starting to be a similar uh, thing. And I was just I was watching. I still, I still believe it was ABC World News, and uh, they were talking about in California how there was a, a similar situation in San Francisco with the uh, prosecutor there who has uh, changed how folks get prosecuted and what, what are crimes and, and what are not. Um, and, and the police chief there says, well, hey, okay, you're doing that on one hand. You're, uh, sending, you're allowing... And I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase what he said, but he said you're allowing the, the criminals to be criminals, but you're not allowing the police to police because we don't have the budget. We don't have this. We don't have that. So it's it's. It's it's working depends. The question is, is what they're doing working depends on who you ask. And so that's why I'm asking. And you seem to say uh, that you liked you like what you're seeing thus far. You like the changes the different mentality, the different tactics, the different ways uh, he's going about the crime. Yeah, I, th I think you have to look at, and when you, when you look at change, you kind of have to look at directions. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the direction? Because uh, over time, that's when you really have to, to see if something is effective or not, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and right, it remember, could be you too remember, soon. You, you remember the film The Godfather? Mm-hmm. Okay, you remember when uh, they were talking about putting uh, drugs into the uh, black community mm -hmm. specifically. And, you know, uh, you can say that this actually happened. And what are the results of that? You know, uh, we're kind of reaping that, so to speak, in large measure, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's a basis for a lot of the, the, uh, the, the problems that we're having. So, uh, but it gets back to, uh, what scripture says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because it is, you know, the, bringing the drugs into the community was, uh, uh, was a part of that, you know, and then it just goes on down the line. So I think you kind of have to look at the big picture of, of what's happening now and then look at the direction of what's being done to resolve these things. All right, guy. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. We're on the air this morning on an Open Lines Sunday. This is the Open Line Show on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. Uh, talking this morning about the crime in Indianapolis and how is it that we stop it? If, if you got to wave your magic wand, what would you do to bring this nonstop violence to an end? You've got uh, innocent people, literally uh, innocent people getting caught up. In these situations, children, you know, um, who have nothing to do with this are losing their lives or being injured. Um, how do we stop it? 317-239-9696. We are uh, supposed to have Prosecutor Ryan Mears on the show here this morning, but the prosecutor may have overslept, which, okay, we'll put him on a different show. But I am, uh, as I'm listening to you all, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a green light on our uh, audio board here to flash. That means the phone is ringing. And if he uh, if he wakes up and sees that he has missed calls from me, uh, we will bring him on the air. But right now, let's talk to you. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? This is David Carl Willock, Jr. All right. Good morning. What's on your mind? 
Look, man, this is how you gonna slow down a bunch of the gun violence in the city, man. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, you won't stop gun like tell me guns getting in the street. Stop selling so many guns. First of all, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stop selling them gun gun oxygen, you know what I'm saying? Just kinda stop selling them like ain't no guns for sale. You know what I'm saying? I know people gotta protect themselves, but we're gonna try to slow it down. Stop selling guns. And then, you know what I'm saying, if you wanna kinda control the neighborhoods like the police need to take their budget, and you know they got it because federal government is giving grants to everybody. Mm-hmm. Take their budget and kind of put, put police in every neighborhood. You know, like, you got homicide, Twin Street, you got play with mine. Now, we got some police on every corner, like, see, they own the corner in the hood if they not scared enough mm-hmm. to kind of make the criminals think. Like, see, you know this motherfucker around here. It's not going to stop all the crime, but it's going to kind of slow it down and kind of motherfucker going to have to reconstruct you know what I'm saying? What you think? Thank you for the call, and you bring up some some interesting points. Um, you know, folks will ask, will say they need more police, but then won't. Um, we'll say you need police on one hand, but then they don't want police in their community. And what you just said is put more police on more corners. And there are people out there who do not think that that is the way to go by putting more police on more corners. It is. A certainly a tactic that I wonder what things would look like if you had uh, police closer by. I, I guess what I would be interested to see, what it would be like if police, I guess for me, I want to be protected, not policed. Does that make sense? I want to be protected, but not policed, to, to bring up your point about adding more cops. If the cops are there to protect in case something jumps off nearby, that's great. But don't be bothering me because I'm just chilling on the porch or I'm driving around my block. We can get into a conversation about policing as well, I suppose. Uh, we're having an open lines conversation this morning uh, with the basis on the crime here in Indianapolis. 317-239-9696. What do you think? How do we stop it? What is the way uh, to go? Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? This is Taylor Bay. All right. What 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 do you think? What's on your mind? What do I think? I, uh, it's, I, I it's a health issue that it needs to be addressed. If Whiteland, Indiana, mm-hmm. is uh, notified to boil water, and we had the Flint River issue years ago, mm-hmm. but Indianapolis never has a boiling water issue, and the Flint River flows directly down Indian Indianapolis. Direct link to lead affecting humans on mm-hmm. their brain. If mm-hmm. you look for the effects of the, I think there's 11 effects that lead has on the body, and compute and, and 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 match that up with the various crimes that that uh, occurs around the city, and you will find a direct link. A direct link, and uh, based on the prosecutor, he probably won't call you. Uh, the the prosecutor. And in a number of cases that I had not been able to uh, have my day in court mm-hmm. or adjudicating cases, uh, be it uh, via the Internet mm-hmm. and uh, causing individuals to default based on um, misinformation. And so I'm, I'm I don't believe the prosecutor is going to call you in the least bit, but I appreciate the time. And I'd surely like to speak with you on a at another level. Thank All you. right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. 317-239-9696. We're having an open lines conversation. It's an open lines Sunday. Uh, and right now, we're, I'm asking you, what, what is uh, the solution? If you could talk to the prosecutor, uh, he's he is leading a gun violence awareness uh, month campaign where he is trying to get particularly young people to understand that uh, – Pulling out a gun is not the way to solve a dispute, uh, you know, because far too often, you know, people are getting angry. They're having an argument. Somebody pulls out a gun. Somebody cuts somebody off on the interstate. Somebody pulls out a gun. Um, how, how do you stop all that? That's part of the conversation we uh, would be having with the prosecutor uh, here this morning. So what do you think? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Uh, I think I'm going to hit line three. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Hey, what's going on, Cameron? This is Mayhem. Good to hear from you, sir. Good morning. 
uh, like the conversation. That last caller, uh, what I don't like is misinformation. Mm-hmm. What what the problem is, we have uh, made the black man um, Indiana's problem. I don't like that. We focus on all crime, case on case basis. Uh, the, uh, the prosecutor was talking a couple of days ago, uh, but he was like you looking for solutions. But we had too many uh, people was begging for money. He had to tell them that he wasn't giving out money. He was looking for solutions. You brought up a, a situation dealing with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we become San Francisco, we're already halfway there because we're not prosecuting white junkies. White junkies are in the, in, in our neighborhoods. Nobody want to talk about it. Breaking in our houses and having overdoses everywhere, and they're not being charged. That's how San Francisco is. Mm-hmm. And they give them free needles, and they're defecating all over the city. So I guess we want to be like that. Now, if we go with these low-level crime, what defines level, low-level crime? I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a young black man uh, take a purse, is that a low-level crime? He won't go to jail. Um, so uh, that way we're going, uh, it's not happening. You know, we got people going down 38th Street, going down these streets, doing 100, hitting cars, taking off. We got people shooting people. The problem is we had too many sympathizers that don't want to have solutions but got philosophies for people to get away with crime. We got to deal with it sooner or later. My my solution is uh, not dealing with the police, but I'm, I'm thinking about um, some of my people, uh, uh, military, come – and not not the real military, but our own local military, um, to start um, patrolling our neighborhoods ourselves uh, because um, we need to do something. Uh, if you sh- if you shed innocent blood, you must be dealt with. I don't care what they have to say on this phone. Mm-hmm. If you twenty five women have been killed in this city in the last two years, and we acting like it's nothing, and imagine all the other people getting killed, and then the neighborhoods, the people calling on the radio don't want to say nothing, and they know who's done it. They just as guilty as the one to pull the trigger. So we got to deal with this. I don't care what they say. Um, I was thinking about going downtown last last night. I'm glad I didn't because people got shot down there. So where can a taxpayer go in this city without being shot by a stray bullet? Have a good one. All right. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate it. 317-239-9696. Having an open lines uh, discussion here. Uh, on Open Lines. It's Open Line Sunday, so we're talking about really whatever you want to talk about. But uh, for those who were listening at the top of the show, uh, I told you we were uh, waiting for the prosecutor, but I don't think he's going to make it on uh, the show uh, here this Sunday. That's okay. We will get him on another show because I'm enjoying talking to y'all. Um, the question is, it, it's a little, I, I get a new idea every time I hear somebody talk, but you know, how, how again, how do you stop what is going on? Everybody has solutions. What I wanted to ask, now that I have my train of thought back, was, uh, I, th- uh, I think it was Mayhem who just had mentioned um, that the prosecutor held some community conversations this week. And, and technically, him coming on the radio was kind of all part of that same initiative. But he had a d- discussion, a community conversation uh, with people in the neighborhood asking them, you know, what are your solutions? What do you think we should do? Um, if you were at that conversation or if, if you were at one of the, there were two of them. If you attended one of those, I'd love to hear from you and, and hear what you thought of it and what you maybe you offered to the prosecutor and, and what the um, response from the prosecutor was. I'd love to hear from you if you were at one of those community conversations with uh, Ryan Mears uh, this week. Th- call me. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? My name is Jamal. Jamal, what's on your mind, sir? So I'm a for- I'm an educator, and I think the biggest thing to dull down gun violence, especially with our young adults, is giving them something to do. Mm-hmm. Most times during the summer, there's no more summer programs. There's no more rec centers. There's no more parks. There's no more people, community leaders going out and holding, you know, sporting events, doing things to keep kids involved, not only in education, but in activities that keep them away from street gangs and, you know, all those activities. So if you bring those type of programs back, you get strong community leaders, you get educators, you get schools to promote these things and 
put money back into education as a whole instead of doling it out to, you know, uh, as Caller said earlier, to innovation schools and everything. That's all great and dandy, but if those innovation schools don't come in and help promote and bring up the communities that they're supposed to be serving, then what purpose are they? So what would you like to see if you were in charge and could wave your magic wand and, and you had all the money that, you know, you could do whatever you want, what would you do with it? The thing, so with, if I had, if every, you said magic wand and, you know, I mean, it, magic, mm-hmm. it's not a, if my, what I would do is I would start at the schools, get in, get in better educated teachers, pay them the rate that they need to be paid because a lot of education systems, a lot of teachers, administrations are underpaid for what the amount of stuff that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, rather it be school supplies, busing, anything of that nature. I would start, you start with education, you start with, you start with taking care of the kids, you take care of them at home and, in the, and when they're not at home, because when they're not at home, the teachers, the administrators, the people they come in contact with when they're not in, the, in their dwelling are their parents, are the people they look up to on a day-to-day basis when their parents are at work. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have positive role models, if they don't have positive teachers, if they don't have positive things going on outside of the home, they're going to fall into those negative things or what they presume to be positive things. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you for the call, Jamal. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a great night. All right. 317-239-9696. Having an open lines a Sunday here uh, on Open Lines. Right now talking about the crime in Indianapolis. We are well over 100 homicides. We are breaking records. Hitting 100 homicides was something that if it happened, you know, just a few short years ago, was something that would have happened in November or December. It is June. Uh, And the beginning of June, at the beginning of June, is when we had crossed over into uh, the 100 homicide mark. So just simple math and simple t- statistics. <laughs> I hate that word. Simple statistics will indicate that we're not on a good track for the remaining six months of this year. And we know that crime typically goes up in the summer months when it's hot and people are more irritable. There are a number of reasons why crime goes up uh, in the summer, but it does. And for those of you who don't know, summer actually just started this week. Actual summer just started this week. So the heat is just is, is still around the corner. All of that to say we're not looking good for the remaining six months. So how do we course correct and make the, the rate go down? Because right now it's only going up and it's at unprecedented levels here in Indianapolis. I'm going to take another call before we take a commercial break uh, here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Let's go to the caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, I am well. I want to say greetings to everybody that's listening. Um, I wanted to, if you don't mind. I don't I mind. Would like, I would like to read the letter that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, sent me. How long is it? Because I got bills to pay in a minute. It's not long. It's oh, brief. It's right. not really long. Well, tell tell it's first been, before before you go into that. Tell people what you sent him a letter. Yes. Asking for. I sent him. I sent the president a five-page demand letter uh, to restore our black community with the things of uh, with the things that. Uh, have been taken from us mm-hmm. the things that uh the things that will restore us to where we won't need uh to be asking from the white community uh and our our status if you will uh in America or around the world we have not been given the things that belong to us like the land uh and all the resources that comes from this planet. Okay, so you send him that letter, and he said what? He said, thank you for—I'm reading now. He Mm -hmm. says, thank you for sending me uh, this kind note, support, and encouragement. I'm humbled by the faith of the American people have placed in me and Vice President Kamala Harris and me. Our, Our country faces many challenges, and the road we travel together will be one of the most difficult in history. It is time for all Americans to set aside their differences to try and strive to make the promise of a just, prosperous, and secure nation a reality for everyone. I look 
<laughs> if we look ahead in our equal un- wait a minute equality way of life, restless, bold, and optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be, we will meet this moment. I look forward to writing a new great chapter of American story with you. Sincerely, Joe Biden. Sorry if I missed something there, here or there. But anyway, uh, but as far as me and what I think could be uh, uh, helpful to our community is once our community holds the white men accountable for setting up such a community. Because if we was on a plain level, we wouldn't have all this violence and carrying on. If these people wasn't flooding the community, like they said, with drugs, bullets, guns, et cetera, we wouldn't be having this situation. If we had jobs, if we had equal rights at the banks and credit unions, if we had the same privilege as the white man had, then we wouldn't be, we would be more running the world instead of being a a pond in the world. All I'm saying is, is that we are the greatest on this planet and we need to stop being afraid and go out here and hold these people accountable and make them stop doing this or that. Anything to make us better has been stifled. And have we not bowed down and always having our open arms, then we wouldn't be in the condition that we're in. There's a lot of people this morning getting up ready to go to church. I want to just say this last thing. Mm-hmm. If the black man was the man that they hung on the cross, that did all of these great things, healing people, feeling pe- feeding people, stopping the church and the government from robbing people, was that a warning to the black man never to stand up or to use their powers? We need to stand up and use our spiritual powers so that we will not have to have these conversations anymore. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. And I hope that uh, I inspire somebody out there to write the president or to do anything that you deem to be necessary to make it better for us. We have to hold these people accountable. And if the prosecutor wants to do the right thing, then he needs to start at home and straighten out the things in which the white people put on us. All right, Paul, thank you for the call. Good to hear from you, sir. All right, we're going to continue to take your calls here on this open line Sunday after this commercial break. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. The phone lines are still open. If you are hearing my voice through the phone, that means you are coming up next. So don't hang up. 317-239-9696. And while we're on commercial break, go ahead and jump on Facebook and give me some likes on the page, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. Please, I need it. Uh, It's at Cameron Riddle on all social media platforms, and I will follow you back. Uh, More of The Open Line Show is coming up, and when we return, I've got some big news, some celebratory news to share about the show that I forgot to tell you last week. I can't wait for you to hear it when we come back. More Open Lines next. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. And we are back here on Open Lines on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC here in the great city of Indianapolis. Not only are you listening to the Open Lines show, you are now listening to an award-winning radio show. Open Lines is the proud recipient of an award this year for both myself and Ebony Chappelle. A round of applause. This was news that we had received last week, but I honestly forgot to talk about it. Uh, Open Lines uh, has been named, was the winner uh, for first place public affairs coverage by myself and Ebony Chappelle, uh, in particular for a show that we did last summer 
uh, on coronavirus in Indiana's jails and prisons. The, so- the Society of Professional Journalists, which is a national competition, but it is headquartered right here in Indianapolis, uh, every year holds a Best in Indiana contest. So all of the radio stations and all of the TV stations across the state compete for awards. And this show, Open Lines, is a first place winner for coverage of public affairs. And for that, we say thank you to the Society of Professional Journalists for recognizing what we do on this show. But I give most of the credit to Ebony Chappelle because that particular show was heavily produced by Ebony getting the interviews uh, of both the families and the Marion County Sheriff. So we also say thank you to you for continuing to support this show. And as they are right now, lighting up our phones, putting them on fire every single Sunday. The Open Line Show, winner of first place for public affairs coverage by the Society of Professional Journalists. Uh, This morning, we are continuing to have an Open Lines Sunday. And right now we're talking about uh, your solution, solutions for crime. And how do we stop it? I hear last night in downtown Indianapolis, there was a massive shootout downtown. Doesn't sound like anybody got hurt, but... um, that thank you for yay nobody got hurt but if we're having shootouts in downtown let alone any neighborhood we have an issue so the question we're asking to you is how do we solve that we were supposed to have a conversation this morning with a uh, prosecutor mears uh he ain't gonna make it here this morning so we will try and get him on uh the show a show coming up here in july as it is the end of June, and it is also Gun Violence Awareness Month. So what are your solutions? I'll go back to the phone lines now and talk with you up until 9 o'clock, 317-239-9696, Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh, how you doing, Cameron? This is Ernest Collins. Ernest, good to hear from you. Good morning. Oh, Cameron, uh, I, I want to say some more, something about the, about the, uh, court system Mm -hmm. uh you know uh the court system right now uh i had a case that was never heard and uh the court system uh in this case uh, uh not being heard in a court of law um when you have witnesses to come forth uh telling the truth uh about racial uh desperate treatment among black employees who got uh who have been treated differently than white white employees see i've been a taxpayer cameron for all, over 40 years mm-hmm. and i've worked for ips and uh i mean i didn't receive any kind of justice all these years and i've been a loyal uh worker and uh, i've helped a lot of people and i never had my day in court and that's probably a lot of times the reason why a lot of people go to violence because the way the system has got it fixed to where if they don't do their job, then you got people going out here doing things that they don't want to do against their own will. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm retired from IPS and, uh, I was a school substitute teacher mm-hmm. back in the, back in the 1970s. But I, all I saw, I'm saying is uh, I, I was never treated. I was never treated fairly in a court of law, and I'm I, I'm a nonviolent person. Uh, I don't. Uh, I never owned a gun in my life, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's just not fair, you know. And I don't bother nobody, and I stay to myself a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, I try to help people, but you know, it hurts. Because I'm a person that just don't bother no one, and and to be treated like this, you know, it's it's not right. Well, I wish I can one. I hear the pain in your voice, and I'm sorry to hear for what you've gone through. And I wish the prosecutor was here because I think you even called in last week, and I told you to call this week and talk to the prosecutor to see if there was anything uh, that that could be done. Um, so keep listening. Think, and and you think I think I should. Uh, Maybe uh, listen to him. I ask him for some, yes. for some advice on that. Absolutely. And, you know, 
Absolutely. He seems like oh. uh, he seems like a guy who who will listen. Um, I don't know what could be done, but he's certainly worth uh, reaching out to. And I wish he was here so you could talk to him and, and connect. But um, thank you, Ernest, for the call and, and stay in touch. And if we get the prosecutor on, please call in so we can help make that connection. All right. I will. I will. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Uh, to, to Ernest's point, he's talking about what happens, you know, when you are accused of something or, uh, you know, especially particularly if you get charged with something. And I say that the prosecutor will probably listen because of the headlines that he made just this week uh, when it comes to no longer charging some juveniles who are accused of nonviolent crimes. Let me read you part of this story uh, from Indianapolis Star reporter Lawrence Andrea, uh, who says, and they're reporting from this week, at a community meeting this week, Prosecutor Ryan Mears talked with community members about Indianapolis's rising violence and said he will no longer charge some juveniles accused of low-level nonviolent crimes. Instead, he says, his office will buy them memberships to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis. Quote, I'd rather spend that money helping kids as opposed to prosecuting them, Mears said, to applause from a crowd of about 30 people. He said, we have to make investments in our young people. When you give young people hope and opportunity, they do not commit crimes. Funding for the $25 one-year membership will come out of the prosecutor's office budget. Entry into the pilot program, juvenile second chance program, will be determined on a case-by-case basis and each unique circumstance according to his office. The cases can range from accusations of minor drug, drug possession all the way up to shoplifting. Um, that's just one example of one of the things I wanted to ask the prosecutor about. That is his way of trying to change the course because one thing that we know that often gets overlooked is that even folks who do wrong, admit they do wrong, go to jail, serve their time. When they get out, they're they're not back to 100. They are, in a lot of ways, still shackled because they can't get the jobs they want. They can't necessarily live where they want. They can't do what some school of thoughts would say you should be able to do after serving your time. And that's that's as an adult. And so in this case, the prosecutor is saying he's going to adjust um, that approach, starting out with kids who are 15, 16, 17, and do something stupid by taking something from a store, uh, and, and they get charged, and it's on their record. Even at that young age, it has an effect on them and what they're doing in high school, going to college. You can get kicked off the teams in high school if you get in, in some trouble keep you from going to college already, that person is is behind the eight ball. So what do you think about that? Is is that a good tactic? Because I see, I see what he's doing there with that. But some people would say, well, you're not even teaching them a lesson, and that's contributing to the crime. Other people will say, hey, by not making these kids young criminals while they're still kids, you're allowing them a, a, a real shot to become a good adult. What do you think? 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Angela Holder. Hi. You're live on the air. What do you think? Hi. It's kind of painful for me to listen to um, black people speak about the system helping us as a whole when the system is not designed for us in the first place. Mm -hmm. With, With gentrification and marginalization, stereotypes, if you notice in all the poor black neighborhoods, you have the poor whites, poor blacks, poor Mexicans, and you'll see liquor stores uh, prominently um, coming about. The Arabs are buying all the gas stations. They're putting in high foods. They're, they're selling K2. The drugs are put there purposely, like what the one caller said. And we are stupefied and dearmed by religion, you know, giving us the hope on chance that somebody's going to come and save us. The earth is over 15 years old. And no one has come to save black people yet. We have to save ourselves. So we have to start with the next generation, teaching them who we are. We come from kings and queens from Africa. A per, a people who have no vision, and one thing about the Bible, it does have good poetry, have, I mean, they're, they're lost. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we come from. 
Therefore, we don't even have a place to call home. We're called African-Americans. There's no such place as Africa-America. Every other culture has a place to come from. Russians come from Russia. Chinese come from China. Japanese come from Japan. Where do we come from? We don't even know who we are. So most of us are still suffering from PTSD, being raised by people who suffer from PTSD who came from slave plantations. We are survivors is what we're doing. We're just surviving. We're not thriving and we're not living. And for those who don't see this, that's the problem. That's why I'm a Pan-African. We need to discuss things like telling our kids who we are, get uh, right grants and build up these old buildings that are in these um, petrified um, neighborhoods and start teaching these children who they are to get back to a, a family foundation. We don't even have a foundation anymore because we've been taught uh, from people who are suffering from PTSD, so we don't even know how to be mothers, fathers, in relationships, not all of us, but I'm saying for the most of us. We're going to have to help ourselves because the system's not going to help us. We're going to have to start with our children, this next generation. We've got to change our mindsets. That is the problem with us. We look for someone else. We look for a God that's supposed to come back and save us that hasn't done anything in four billion years. We need to get up off our knees and start doing our own work because the justice system is for whites only. It's not for us. All right. That's my opinion. All right. I appreciate you sharing your opinion. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. All right. In in the past 30 seconds, remember I was telling you at the beginning of the show that I'm watching for a green light to flash, and it might be the prosecutor calling on this special line that we have. Well, it's flashing. Uh, so let's let's take a look. So here's the awkward thing. So on this show, I don't have a screener who can answer the phone and say, hey, Cameron's waiting for you. It's just me. So we're going to awkwardly press line four and see if it's the prosecutor here in the last six minutes of the show. And we'll talk to him and see, one, if we can reschedule, because obviously you guys would like to talk to him. So let's uh, let's go to line four and see who's on line four. Hello. Yeah, this is uh, Prosecutor Mears. Prosecutor Mears. Good morning, sir. I, I, I totally uh, apologize. There's a little confusion on our end on, on what was going on this morning. So it's it's, it's my fault. Uh, I, I apologize for that. Well, I, under, I understand things happen. So uh, we've got I'm, I'm glad you're able to to join us even for, for a couple of seconds. So let me ask you right now and, and we'll work this out later. We've got only uh, less than five minutes left in our broadcast. Can we get you back on uh, in early July? Not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. You, you you say the name the, the the date time and place and I, I and I'm there I, I owe you a huge I apologize again for the the confusion this morning. All right, uh, Prosecutor Ryan Mears, we got four we got four minutes left. Uh, I'm going to keep you for these three minutes and then we'll make good uh, coming up next month. Um, let me just ask you: the phone lines have been ringing this entire time. Folks have wanted to talk to you. Just give us the best you can in about two minutes. What are, what are you trying to do right now? I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, when we look at violent crime and some of the issues that are affecting us here in, in, in Marion County, uh, we need to look at what we can do to try to help people out. And when young people have hope and opportunities, they don't commit crimes. In particular, they don't commit violent crimes. And when people who are a little bit older uh, have the ability to get jobs and feel like they can move forward with their jobs, they don't commit crimes. And the biggest thing for me is I'm looking for ways that we at the prosecutor's office can look to provide that hope and give opportunity to young people. And I'm also looking for ways that, that we can help eliminate and reduce barriers for people who have maybe had contact with the criminal justice system to help them move forward with their lives so that we can reduce this issue of recidivism and get people working. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think we need to get away from, from kind of this philosophy of, oh, well, we just need to arrest everybody and throw everybody in jail. Uh, I don't think that works, and, and I think there are other things that we can do that are more helpful and more beneficial to the community, and that's the route that I'm going to go as prosecutor. And just this week, I was just telling our listeners uh, about one of the things that you have done, which is to um, allow some juveniles accused of nonviolent crimes to no longer be charged. Instead, you'll send them to a program with the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes to that idea of let's invest in young people. You know, what's the point of trying to convict someone or putting someone on probation when you're talking about a 14-year-old kid? Let's give that 14-year-old an opportunity and, and let's say, hey, 
you know, you went through a tough situation, you you made a mistake, uh, but we want to make that investment in you. And I, and I hope young people see it as the system is not trying to work against them. The system's trying to work for them. Uh, and so, you know, I'm hopeful that people will take advantage of this opportunity. I'm happy to pay for it because I think that money's better spent giving kids opportunities as opposed to trying to prosecute somebody. Uh, prosecutor, we don't have a show uh, next Sunday because it's the 4th of July. We will taking a little vacation but on july 11th that is our next show when we're back on the air could you join us then and spend some time with us i I would be happy to do so and and, and again i'm sorry about this morning and look forward to talking to the people all right prosecutor ryan mears thank you for uh, at least uh for for still showing up we we understand that there was a a mix-up but we will uh have the prosecutor back on everybody on july 11th right here at eight on open lines mr mears thank you thank you all right uh Hey, the prosecutor still called. Somebody said he wasn't going to call. He called. He was late, but he called. And now we will have him back here on the show on July 11th. You all heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Prosecutor Ryan Mears will be back at 8 o'clock when the show starts on July 11th. As you just heard me say, uh, next week we're taking vacation because it is the 4th of July and Folks are vaccinated. We're, we're vaccinated and relaxing, and we won't be here. So I hope you get some uh, time to spend with your family, go out and travel. That's what I'll be doing. Um, and then when we come back, we will get back to business because, as you know, there is a lot of business that needs to be done. The phone lines are still ringing. I apologize for the ones who we could not get to, but uh, consider this uh, the warm-up course for the conversation that we will have on, on July 11th. Again, that's our next uh, show. Hey, Thank you all so much for uh, for hanging out with me. That's what you do, radio on the fly. I had lots of things planned out, all of it thrown out the window, but it's okay. You guys rocked with me and, and held it down for the hour, and now we are completely out of time, and the phone is still ringing. So with that said, I say thank you for listening to this award-winning show, Open Lines. Remember, honored by the Society of Professional Journalists as the best show covering political and public affairs right here on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We will be back same time, same station next Sunday live at 8. Until then, I do ask you to search for Open Lines anywhere you get your podcast. Type in Cameron Riddle or type in Open Line Show, and you can hear this show and hear yourself on this show anytime, anywhere. Also, please give me a follow online, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Cameron Riddle. We will see you back here next Sunday live at 8. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, Stay safe. Enjoy time with family. We all deserve uh, this break that we have coming up. We'll see you back here July 11th.